thoughts? Uh, how do you see the industry changing in the next five years? Yeah, so um, there's right now a, a lot of startups that are are trying to find ways to make freight more efficient. The, the biggest problem that I see most of them have, and I'm talking the vast majority here, Paul, is that they're building solutions for tomorrow, but they're not solving today's problems. So, you know, if I was to create for you, Paul, a brand new hypercar right now, and the car hovers off the ground, uh, and it requires some special chemical that I pour in the back to make it hover. If I give that to you, that's fantastic. That's tomorrow's you know technology, right, for cars. But if that chemical that you need to pour in the back is not available to you, then you know the car is basically useless. So a lot of these freight startups are building that hover car of tomorrow, but they don't realize that you need to put the fuel in to, of today to make the hover car work. So in order for any company, any startup that's got an idea, don't build a solution and say, this is what everybody's going to do tomorrow. You've got to make sure that it works in today's messy, paper-intensive, you know, uh, phone call-intensive world of freight. All of the mass, nasty paperwork that goes on and the waiting to get paid from people and credit scores. You've got to have a product that works in that world, push people toward the hover car in the future. Um, so that's what I see a lot of startups doing today, that they need to figure out how they need to solve today's problem that will bridge people into the future. You can't just build one end of the solution. And that's what I think why Ascend succeeded. We've got this solution that works in today's messy world, um, but we keep adding little things to inch people forward to tomorrow. And that's what they need to do. Okay. Uh, and before our uh, recording, you told me, Tim, that you get a lot of emails, a lot of uh, calls from startups that, that would like to pick your brand and get some advice. Could you uh, talk on that part about what kind of advice you give to, to startups and, uh, you know, how could young men and women be part of the ecosystem to make, to make money in this industry? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these, uh, startups, you know, they, they have an idea, they blow through, you know, their friends and family's money, which usually isn't a lot, sounds like a lot. It might be 10, 20, $30,000. But, you know, if you're 23, 24, 25 years old, you're trying to make something work, um, you know, getting friends and family money is usually the only way to, to get started. Um, I get a lot of startup people call me up and this, this is all pro bono. I do not charge anything. I don't ask like many people. Well, I can help you with that. But, I, you know, I think your idea is good. And I, you know, I want to have some equity. I want one, two, three, four percent equity to help you out. I don't play that game. If somebody calls me up with an honest question and a need, I'll tell them my honest opinion and, and that's it. There's no conflict of interest whatsoever. And so when they call me up, I find a lot of them are very confused about things like venture capital. So they've got a great little idea um, and then they think that they're meant to go get venture capital money or you know seed capital from an outside third party. In other words, not friends and family. But I'll say, well, why do you want to do that? Because you know, what you should really do is, is you don't need to go from one person to 100 people in a year. You just want to go from one person to two or three people and and start to establish what your market is and make a very small profit from small revenues. And if you do that and you grow it, then you own it. You are in control of your destiny. But a lot of them seem to think that they need to go out right away with an idea and a big business plan. And because there is so much free money out there, they want to raise five, 10, 15, $20 million on an idea. 
But if you've only got an idea and you go to somebody, and a lot of these VCs are sitting on massive amounts of capital. I, I'm a personal investor in a, in a private equity firm, Palm Beach Capital, and I'm, I'm a pretty large private investor for them. They're down in Palm Beach. Surprise, surprise, they're called Palm Beach Capital. Um, and but and so, you know, I, I also see the other side of this. But when these people take on that five or $10 million, they'll say, Paul, I'll give you the five million, but it's only an idea right now. So I want... 50, 60, 70, 80% of that business from you because you know right now it's not making any money. And so you're basically giving up the vast majority of your equity in the company in order to get 5 million. That 5 million will not last very long because they want you to immediately spend that money. And by the way, the $5 million doesn't go to you personally to go on vacation. That $5 million is to be used for business purposes only. You can pay yourself a fair salary, but the $5 million is for used for business purposes. And that doesn't last very long. So as if eventually, and I'm talking about a year or so, you need more money. Even if you've grown your revenues and you've added some people and you're getting some, some traction, you've now got to go back to the trough and say, I'd like some more money, please. And they say, well, okay, we now own 60% of the company. We'll give you another 3 million, but we're going to do it at this valuation. And they're going to dilute you down, Paul, down to say 20% or less. So every time you take money from the trough, your equity amount goes down and down. But it's even worse than that. A lot of these youngsters don't realize that in the terms of these deals, the money that's been given to you um, is preferred stock. What does preferred stock mean? It means that it's a higher level of stock. It's got a higher priority or liquidity preference than common stock. So your 20% is like toilet paper and you know their 80% of the company is like a gold leaf, you know, a letter-headed, uh, you know, uh, 20 weight card paper. It's, it's a lot more superior to your common stock. So the six or seven million now that you're in for, if you ever say to yourself, look, we're making a little bit of money, but unfortunately I'm going to have to close it down. It's not, I need to move on with my life. They will say to you, well, you look at paragraph 17, uh, you know, line number four, that $7 million, Paul, you now owe that to us. You have to pay us that. Um, now they might want, if there's a clause in there that personally you owe it, that's terrible. Cause now for the rest of your life, you owe them $7 million. Um, most of these agreements will say from the company. So the company owes the 7 million to the, to the venture firm. And so if they've got to liquidate that company, Paul ends up with nothing. They will sell the entire company to somebody and end up with the 7 million back. Their investment gets you know refunded and you are left out in the cold. And I could talk about this for hours. A lot of these people though, that call me up, don't realize that that's exactly what's going to happen when the company doesn't do as well as they forecast. And everybody thinks that the company is going to do really well because you do. You're 25 years old and you're full of exuberance and you're going to be the next uh, Uber freight or, you, you know, you're going to be big. But you don't realize as you keep taking money, you know, they want their money back. And um, and they're the big guys with the big lawyers. So th th that's why I like to help these people. I just try to give them a, a sense of reality and also an option. Hey, why don't you do it this way? Why don't you build a company that you can make 500,000 or a million dollars a year in your pocket every year? And if you do that, you'll be very happy. You don't need to make a billion dollars and be Mark Zuckerberg. You can be very happy off a million dollars a year. Ask anybody with a successful, profitable business.